Hey, it's Alan here. And Bree. And, and we, we are, are the, the Hunter, Hunter and, and the, the Hippie. Hippie. Connected through yoga and bonded by our love of the wild places and the love for outdoors, we've come together to share our conversations about life. Well, maybe more so what we've learned or are continuing to learn about life. And there's no one way to do it. Life, that is. And hopefully provide you with some teeny tiny bits of inspiration to connect deeper with yourself, others, and our great Mother Earth. All right, all right, enough already about the podcast. Let's just get to the podcast. Good so you, afternoon. <laughs> so you ran 0. 0, <laughs> 0.0 miles today. <laughs> I did. I ran exactly 0. 0.0 miles. And uh, I, not to be shown up by your 5.2 or anything. But <laughs> Well, it's funny you, why I said only 5.2 is because I'm trying, I'm in the phase where I actually don't want to be, unless it's run club night. Uh, I don't want to be running less than like eight miles. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Why, why is that? I want those to be like my, so it was like this gradual buildup. So it's like, okay, I got to get out for a run and be like three miles. And so I'm just doing say three miles four times a week or something. Yeah. And then some other longer stuff. And then it was like up to like five to sixers were my like four times a week thing. And now mm-hmm. I'm at the stage where I want my four four times a week to be eight to 10 and then have Mm. an additional longer run. Um, yeah. So that's why. How long have you been at that? The eight, the eight. Yeah. Yep. I, well, it dropped off the last couple of weeks because of all that work I've been doing. Uh (laughs) So, and so what is your whoop strap saying about the increase in mileage? Well, my whoop strap says that I'm working too much and not sleeping enough. <laughs> and how in do you feel? you haven't do, seen my recovery. Do, do, you, do you feel that that's accurate? Yes. Yeah, you do? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I feel tired. I that's just am um, not, yeah, I feel tired and I'm, but, so, it's okay. But you, the reason I, what I responded to was I said, I did not do jujitsu this weekend, yep. and I want to hear about this neck and of yours. I, I hurt my yeah, I, I hurt my neck this weekend. I uh, so I do jujitsu, so like three classes a week. I try to get to three classes a week, and then then there's a, what's called an open mat, and that's just like where you go and you you just practice what you've learned and you know, you essentially it's some people call it sparring. Some people just right call it rolling. Um, so it just depends, right? You should have like a goal in mind when you go to these open mats. Um, but it's like your own goal. Like you're not going there for instruction per se. Mm-hmm. Like you'll learn things from people. Like they'll, they'll have stuff to, sh- to share. So you, you will learn things, but you're not going there for like a class. Does that make sense? It's like a pickup basketball game. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, yeah, you go to there to like play the basketball, play, play the basketball. Play the basketball. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're going there to like do the things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just play the game of jujitsu not like, instead of like to keep it on the basketball thought is like, you would go to your, 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 your coach, your, what would it be like your practice? And like, you would do like dribbling drills or like mm-hmm. you would, shoot from the free point uh the the free throw line or the three point line right like mm-hmm. you just do that that's like that would be the 
the practice for the day. Um, but some days, right, they might include a little bit of scrimmage, um, scrimmage, right? Or you just, like you said, this is you just go to the, the park, right? There's eight guys hanging around. Oh, you want to play a game? All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Same concept. Cool. Um, and my second round on, on open mat Saturday, uh, my buddy, he's a, he's a great dude. Uh, he, he just, he got me in a position where we went to roll and we rolled, both of us rolled on my neck, oh. not just me. Right. But both of us got to roll on my neck and, yeah. and I didn't turn my head mm-hmm. the way I should have. And instead I left my head straight. And so I pretty much rolled right over my neck with him on top of me. So I rolled on top of my neck and he rolled on top of my neck. Oh. And, um, it, so the, the SCM, which is the muscle, uh, I don't know the scientific breakdown of SCM. So something mass masticoid. Anyway, it's that muscle that was like right at the base of your skull on the mm-hmm. back of your neck. Um, yeah. Like I just felt that it didn't pop or, or didn't make a noise or anything, but it fucking hurts. And it's gotten better since Saturday. Um, I've been doing, I've been taking care of myself. (laughs) Yeah. I've been, what does that look like? Yeah. So like, and that's the thing is self care, right? We had a whole episode on self care, so we don't have to go huge into that. Although we're going to be talking about like yoga today and what it means to us. But, um, so I had to adjust, right? I have to adjust my self care routine to quickly recover from an injury. Mm. right because i i hate being out like i hate being injured not because i'm injured and i'm like this sucks like i'm injured and it hurts i hate being out because like fomo like mm. fear of missing out like like i do not want to miss a jujitsu class right especially for like something stupid like oh my neck like i should just be able well, to i don't think it. your like, neck is that stupid. It, it is it is I it is i wish i could like a significant <laughs> part of your body i'm just it, gonna it is. throw that out there <laughs> i totally wish i could like swap out parts like like oh this one's bad like i need a new one <laughs> oh my stupid neck right it only holds my head up right right and connects to my <laughs> so so yeah so i like totally it's not a like I Saturday, I wish I could have kept rolling. Um, and I just, I literally like if I, if I moved my head, like the tiniest little bit, it hurt so bad, like shooting pains up into like my skull. And, uh, and like, I just couldn't, couldn't keep rolling. So I just hung out and I watched other people roll and took some notes and did that thing, did the whole like watch tapes type of thing. Right. So I went from playing the the pickup game to, all right, I'm just going to watch these people play and Mm. see if I can learn from their game type of thing. And, uh, but yeah, so I've, I've, I've adjusted my, my self care routine. So now like I've been using a lot of, uh, warm, like compress. Mm-hmm. So like warm, like I've rice bags I throw in the microwave mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll use that. And then sauna. So I have a sauna in my house. I don't know if I've talked about that, but I have a sauna. I didn't know that. Yeah. I have a sauna in my home gym. What kind of infrared or infrared? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's really nice to have. Um, and, and I, and I neglect it, uh, every so often. And then I remember how awesome it is and how important it is. Um, Every it, time it you like, go to neglect it, think about me wishing that I had one and yeah. let that motivate you to go. Yeah, for real. For real. 
for all the people so, so, who want one and don't have one, you better right. be using that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I I definitely haven't been neglecting it. I'm like, I'm gonna jump in there after this. Actually, um, I'll do I'll do one day we'll do an episode. It has to be like a 20 minute episode from the from the sauna. Wait, can we do it <laughs> when we do the in person one? Oh, you totally can. We'll sit in the sauna and do it. Yeah, let's do it. Oh my <laughs> It'll be like a 20 minute episode because I'm like a big wuss when it comes to heat. So we'll go like start it in there and then come out and come out. Be yeah. so chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the, the sauna, like all the heat, like the infrared, um, for those that don't know, I'm not going to go through all the benefits one cause I don't know them all, but uh, one of the huge benefits of, uh, of a sauna is that it actually helps create more red blood cells in your body. And if you don't know the importance of red blood cells uh, and your breath, they go together because red, red blood cells actually deliver oxygen uh, to your body and your body parts. Um, and red blood, red blood cells are what helps uh, like heal the like muscles and things like that. So uh, I, I've felt a huge difference in like the two days that I've been in the sauna and been doing the hot compress um, and then Advil, I do take Advil, so a little anti-inflammatory. Um, and then just stretching. So I've been doing, it, it's funny, a lot of my yoga classes, well, I, I only taught Sunday and then I'll teach tomorrow. My yoga classes, I, uh, I'll i do a lot of things that I need in my yoga classes. Like I'll teach people. So uh, I was like, we're doing neck stretches today. And uh, so Sunday's class, we did a bunch of stretching the neck and and that helps. So, uh, I, I recently learned this one stretch to actually stretch those, those orbital muscles, mm. um, that are right back there. And, uh, yeah, like it's really helpful, really intense stretch. Um, so yeah, that's been my self care routine is trying to like make my neck better as fast as possible before class tomorrow night, Tuesday. Cause you don't want to uh, do neck stretches in yoga. Again? No, I, no, I absolutely want to do neck stretches in yoga. I don't want to have a hurt neck so I can do jujitsu. And then my instructor, of course, he like puts out what we're going over this week in classes. And we're yeah. going over guillotines or guillotines, which okay. is, is, it's a strangulation of the neck. Yeah. And, and it's like a compression of the neck. So like exactly like the thing I don't want to be doing, um, so we'll see how we'll see. I might just take notes. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, how I was going to say, maybe that's the universe saying you need to take yeah. a little longer with mm-hmm. it. It you might, know? It's like, it might well, be. We'll see this week. This is what we're doing, which is like, no, you shouldn't go mm-hmm. back yet. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm stubborn though. I'm so, stu- but yeah. it, right now, like I know if I were to try it right now, so like I'm feeling so much better. So Saturday, if you're watching the video Saturday, I couldn't like, this was as far as I could turn my head to the left. Mm. Um, and so now without even like hesitation, I'm like almost back to full mobility of where I can normally turn, but I can definitely feel it pulling. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's the compression that hurts, not the stretching. Yeah. So the stretching, so like stretching into the side of the neck in any of these directions is totally fine. But it's the compression mm-hmm. of it that it's so like when I go backwards and to the side is where it really starts to get irritated and not not be very happy. So, yeah. Yeah, take so care none of that, that, please. Yeah, I will. So it's like my first like big neck injury in a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. And to everyone out there, I'm totally being like facetious with like the neck injury and like, yes, I, I hate being, I do hate being injured and, but your neck is a serious one. Like, yeah. like neck injuries. I tell, like when I teach headstands in my class, I'm a big like warning guy. Like if you have any neck injuries, do not do headstands. Mm-hmm. Like headstands are, are awesome. They're, they prove a lot of value. They, they have a lot of value. And, uh, but if you have even the slightest neck issue, they're not worth doing. Yeah. They're not worth exacerbating a, a, a neck injury for. I, did you, I, I have no problems with headstands. I don't teach them anymore. Mm-hmm. I like stopped teaching them pretty soon after I started teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, Why for? Because you can get the same benefits from a handstand, from a forearm stand. And you don't have, cause even though if you're doing it properly, your head is ve- like barely touching, like it's like almost hovering the ground. It's barely mm-hmm. touching the ground for, mm-hmm. for a headstand, mm-hmm. but there's still an energetic pressure that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like for example, when I, after I broke my back, my, some of my PT was called, I, I'm going to say the order wrong. I think it. It was either like activation energy or energy activation to reset my pelvis. And -hmm. it was me just gently pressing the outside of my left foot against a wall. He's like, it's not pushing it hard. You're just pushing it so much that Mm -hmm. you can hold the paper there. Mm. And it was to activate certain muscles. Mm -hmm. So why I kind of stopped is because even though someone is probably doing it like, well, most people maybe aren't doing it properly properly right. and probably putting yeah. a little too much pressure on the crown mm-hmm. of their head. But even if you are, there's that, there is this slight pressure that is going to be transferred. And, um, and again, like I don't have a problem. Like I'm, I don't like criticize or judge or care if anyone teaches them for me, I just was like, I don't mess with people's necks. <laughs> like, yeah. That mm-hmm. was a bit like that just, I don't, there was, there's like weird little things in my teaching that I just like, I just don't teach that. Yeah. And again, you can do that in another class and that's great, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm staying away from that because I got people might not even know that they have issues going on in their neck. I mm-hmm. actually have a friend who he, something happened. He fell, hurt himself, whatever, did nothing about it. Decades later, he went in for some other injury and they're like, did you ever break your neck? And he was like, not that I huh? know of. He had yeah. broken his neck and That's didn't crazy. even know. That's wild. <laughs> That's, That's, <laughs> That's so wild. You know, because everyone has different pain capacities, yep. right? And like mm-hmm. you're someone who's going to tough through things. And like, mm-hmm. I think there's not, I'm one of those people as well. However, right. there's also like, there's a lot and our bodies do amazing jobs, but there's also like, we, unless we're getting a scan, like sometimes we actually have no idea the damage that we've done. And so I I think a lot of, there are quite many people who come into yoga classes without that connection to their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of why they're coming in or they start to gain that connection to their body and to get a little more intuitive through the practice. Um, yep. but a lot of people are just like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. 
Yep. And I was like, I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I laugh at like my few weird things where I'm like, now we're teaching that. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) (laughs) It, 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 you know, it's, it's crazy because in uh, my teacher training, the way that, uh, the way that my teacher, my teacher like won't teach headstand either um, for, for similar, similar reasons because people don't just know. Um, When I teach it, I, I put a very heavy disclaimer, like, like seriously like if your neck if you think your neck is bothering and again like some people they don't even know like your friend mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just right the the way that you learn to do it um can also cause injuries in itself right mm-hmm. with headstands and and yeah there are certain things um i used to teach and my my one of my old teachers used to teach go from like go from uh Half Moon, Arda Chandrasana, mm-hmm. okay, into Warrior Three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those that don't know, right, you're you're essentially your hips are stacked on top of each other in in Half Moon, mm-hmm. and t- and you're you're flipping the hips into a flat position where they're where they're even. So it's like external like, rotation into neutral rotation. Right, right, and. Um, and like I used to have a lot of hip issues, and mm-hmm. this is when I did like a lot of Ashtanga, and uh, Ashtanga is so so bad for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, we used to do that. Go from Arda Chandrasana to to Warrior Three, and that that flip of the hips, and like I would hear my hips like click mm-hmm. in that, and it's just because you have so much pressure on the one hip, and they're stacked and they're even, and then when you do it. Uh, when you when you flip your hip down to go into the warrior three um it's like you're you're trying to like catch yourself from falling mm-hmm. essentially and yeah it's just, it's not good for you and there's a lot of things now that i don't teach because of the the things that i learned about the body mm-hmm. that that being one of them it's funny you say that because i am a, a little bit of a a little neurotic when it comes to external and a rotation and neutral poses. And so that's all mm-hmm. referring to the hips. Yep. I will not transition one to another. So I'll never have you in crescent with your hands up and go into warrior two. Oh, you will God, always no. bring your hands down. You will reset mm-hmm. the rotation so, of your same. hips and come back up for that exact reason. Yep. Because there is a lot like all of the way that your hips are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, that can rub on like the socket of, and I actually don't know exactly, but however, whatever the socket is that your femur, right? The head of your femur. So mm-hmm. I guess your femoral head. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anatomy yep. is not my strength. Yeah. Femoral I understand head. how it works. I don't know I this. Don't. I don't know the, what the socket is and, and anatomically, um, but it's the but femoral your, head. Yeah. Into your hip. And so there is like a ligament that goes through there that can rub it. And people mm-hmm. have actually like, will get tears in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can feel when mine's rubbing, even just mm-hmm. from like moving my legs a certain way. Um, yeah. so that's when you were talking about rotating from Ardhashandrasana mm-hmm. to, um, warrior three, I was like, yeah, it's like, I just stick with the same rotation yep. or you're coming down and you're fully resetting the legs yep. before 100%. you're coming back up. Even, even from warrior one to warrior two, I mm-hmm. won't do. 
Like I, my my they used to teach that as well. Like you just go from Warrior One, and it's really interesting because if you're really like if you really care at all about alignment and like how the way the hips work, is is that that doesn't work. Like yeah. the way like even if you your hips do move like that. It doesn't work because of the way that like you're supposed to be aligned. Like mm-hmm. you're when you're in Warrior One, your feet are are hip distance apart. Mm-hmm. When you're in Warrior Two, they're in alignment, mm-hmm. right? And that's because of the rotation of what your hip should be doing, mm-hmm. right? So the the end result of your feet is actually the determination of how your hips are moving, mm-hmm. right? So to go from you know, this, this one pose where you're, you're here and hips are facing forward. And then, like you said, right at neutral into an external rotation where you're just opening the hips up wide. It's, it's not, it's not good for you. Yeah. Yeah. This is a different, it's a different setup and you're doing different teeny little actions in the body to Mm -hmm. maximize those openings. But yeah, I love that you said that. It fills my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one's not a crowd pleaser, but I don't teach pigeon very often. Oh no! Mm-mm. And everyone wants pigeon. to. Pigeon, everyone pigeon. wants pigeon, and they just want to lie in it and just bathe in their sensation mm-hmm. junkie, mm-hmm. like shoot up mm-hmm. their pigeon. You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> why? Why don't you teach it? I it, that is like a staple. Every class of mine, there's. A I pigeon. do figure four. On your Same back. pose. Figure Same four pose. on your back. Um, you get to control the what's happening yep. as opposed to your entire body weight. Mm-hmm. And then like, I mean, honestly, I think big thing at being in the climbing gym teaching mm-hmm. where you have a lot of, and this is a generalization, but a yep. lot of dudes with Tight hips that aren't flexible and mm-hmm. like real sensitive knees. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, I don't want someone yeah. to just like pop out. And there's different ways you can set up pigeon that support, support it. Right. Like I, and that's why I, I don't blocks. It's not 100% blankets. that I don't teach right. it, but I'm like, if you can get the same thing in a figure four on your back, mm-hmm. like great, because it is, I also have very loose hips. So yep. for someone like me, we've talked about this in a past episode where you can't just fall into your flexibility. Mm-hmm. Pigeon probably isn't great for me because I'm overstretching my hips at this point, right? I'm, I'm actually not engaging the muscles to support it. I'm just mm-hmm. like allowing myself to kind of just fall into, um, yeah. my like quote, my tendency, I guess your you leg- would say. Yeah. And, and you're women, falling into your ligaments and you're falling into your tendons and yeah. And women have their, um, especially now that we're more active and mm-hmm. we, a lot of our back problems are hip related because mm-hmm. our hips come out further. So we have all of that, everything that connects is traveling out more. So it's kind of like basically getting stretched out more just naturally yep. and, um, the movements, right. Of sports, of running, all of that uh, starts to has a lot further to travel than a male. And so that's where it's like women usually are more flexible in it, but is Mm -hmm. that necessarily like the best thing for them to just like, again, be a sensation junkie and just like sit in it, fall and lie into this pose where all of a sudden the ligaments are getting even more stretched out. Um, but I, I mean, I love it. I love the pose. I just, it's one of my weird things where I'm like, I'll do it every once in a while. Cause I know it's a crowd pleaser, but mm-hmm. I was like, mm, figure four. 
and I'll when I when I teach it, I teach it every class, and and yeah. I I say I always say two things. Like first off, if you're in pigeon, right, it's an active pose, mm-hmm. right. So the, if your right leg's forward, right hip back, left hip forward, protect the knee, pull the toes to the knee, right, mm-hmm. like because you don't realize the stress that you're putting on the knee either. Mm-hmm. People think that it that it's just this hip stretch, and and it's not. It is right, like it's not a knee stretch either. You're just putting pressure on your LCL, your lateral cruciate ligament, mm-hmm. right? That's inside or medial. I don't know. Stupid anatomy. Stupid anatomy. We, we one of the one of, one of the ligaments on the sides of your on the inside of your knee, right? Yeah. You're putting all sorts of pressure on, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So like I always like cue to like do these things that protect all of your ligaments, hopefully. Um, but again, like I see people on camera, like just like falling into it and I'm like, guys, like quit it. You know? And like, I try to do, I try to like get people to like see. And, and one thing that is hard, why I do miss teaching in person is, uh, I, it's, it's hard to see and, and feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I love being able to touch my students in the sense of yoga, right? Because I can feel what they're engaging and like, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to their hips, um, like you can, you, you know, or like if you can see it also, you can go and you, like, if you tell someone, pull your right hip back, a lot of people don't know where their right hip is. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning they can point to it. Like they know, like physically, like they can point to where their right hip is, but they can't control their right hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people get into yoga to start, right. Getting more in tune with their bodies. Um, but you'd be surprised, like, like pull your right hip back and people just don't move or like they Mm -hmm. don't understand what you mean uh, in that, in that cue. So like, I I love being able to just like, like just even just touching, right? Like, you know, this as a teacher, right? Just like going up and like putting your hand on, on that hip or putting your hand on shoulders. Like you don't have to even make adjustments. It's bringing their awareness to Mm -hmm. a specific part of the body that they are not aware of yet. And then they like, like shoulders are a big one. Like you can go up to someone's shoulders who like they're, they're standing there with their shoulders up by their ears. And you're like, like, I just look at these people and I'm like, oh my God, you look so uncomfortable. And you can just go up to them and you don't have to do anything. You just put your hands on their shoulders and they just instantly will put them down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they're like, oh, is that what that's supposed to feel like? Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. What were we talking about? Uh, total. Pigeon. <laughs> pigeon, pigeon. So yeah, so with with pigeon, um, I will then say like also is available lying yeah. down figure four. And right, I tell them this is the same exact pose as pigeon, but people just love being in pigeon. You're so right. I know. Right. And like this is the same exact pose as pigeon. It just gives you full control of the pressure on the hips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I still cue them to like pull the toes towards the knee because it still puts pressure on the knee. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, people just still love pigeon. People flip over into lying down. Yeah. But I love it. I, I love it. I love teaching it. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a gem. I think mm-hmm. I had one student who used to be like, can we please do pigeon? I was like, all right, I'll do one just for you. Mm. <laughs> You go to pigeon, everyone else goes lying down. Yeah. I was like, when I say figure four, you can do pigeon. Yeah. No, and I get it. It's, it is more, I mean, unless you're, sometimes I'll do a class using the wall and then you could do a figure four without, with less effort. But I think mm-hmm. people like the idea of like relaxing into the pose. And um, so I get like 
when you're doing figure four, you're having your arms have to be more active because they're drawing mm-hmm. it into deep in it versus your body deepening it. Um, and yeah, I, but I know they're going to get pigeon in your class or someone else's class. Yep. So it's like, yep. well, I don't really need to teach. Yeah. <laughs> let, let their knee pop out in some way. <laughs> <laughs> let it, let it happen to me. Let's talk about the real ultimate hip stretch though. Frog pose. Yeah. Like no one teaches frog pose. Yeah. And like frog pose should be like every class and it is hands in my mind, hands down. It's my favorite. It's my favorite hip stretch, but frog pose. It, it's funny. Like when I teach it and people haven't ever done it and like, they're like, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. and especially like when you're, <clears throat> when you're teaching it in person, because like you're going to end up like with a butt in your face if you don't stagger. Yeah. And, uh, and people will go into it and they'll be like, what's this? And then they'll like push their hips back and they'll be like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, say hello to your hips. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's my favorite hip stretch. I had a student, though, who couldn't um, do two external rotations. So, like, she couldn't, um, mm. uh, goddess or horse stance was, yeah. like, awful for her. Uh-huh. Like, just, painful or would she, like, just fall over? Like No, like, extremely painful. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did she have, so like, she couldn't uh, rotate her, mm-hmm. her feet yeah. out? Yeah. Um, she just was like, I hate, like, she's like, it's so painful. I was like, don't do it then. Don't, <laughs> like, yeah. Gosh, why are you telling me this now? Like, how right. long have you been doing this? Yeah. And I was like, but it makes me <laughs> sad because I'm like, yeah, frog is like, uh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Like frog, goddess even, right? Just goddess, you, you're, you have to like rely on your balance too. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not like, goddess is fun, but. Like frog, yeah. you just get to go to your knees and just Chill. breathe into the hips, press the hips back, and yeah, and you just get to see your life flash before your eyes. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, I think those are more. Hip. I mean, because I guess it depends what part of the hips we're talking about, right? Because mm. like everyone's like, "Oh, pigeon's the best hip opener." I was like, "Oh, like a warrior two is a phenomenal hip opener." You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's just depending on what kind of rotate or like what um what kind of opening or what part of the hip you're kind of focusing on, but yep. um, let's breathe a little bit and then we can keep talking. All right, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> this is the new, let's, let's breathe into the hips. This is the breathe. new thing where oh, we, we talk, we gosh, talk for 30. Maybe you should for... lead it. You should lead it today. Oh, what? You're crazy. You just, All right. I just let's, I'll give it a shot. Said, All right. Breathe you're into you're the doing hips. the journal prompt then. Okay. I'll do the journal prompt. How do you breathe into your hips? Yeah. My hips don't breathe. I love I love saying that. When uh, I, I remember, sorry, a little quick tangent. I remember the first time I heard that teacher say, breathe into your hips. And I like, lifted my head up. We were in pigeon. And I'm like, huh? Like, what do you mean breathe into my hips? Like, I don't understand. My hips don't breathe. My hips don't breathe. What do you now mean? Now they do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Alan's doing the breath today. Bree has put me on the spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so we're going to breathe into the hips and I know your hips don't have lungs, so don't worry about that. But what I want you to do first is, uh, if you're, if you're driving, okay. So, um, don't, 
don't crash. Okay, if you're driving, don't crash. Don't close your eyes. So I'm gonna give everyone the cue to close their eyes here in a second. But uh, if you're driving, don't don't crash. Um, but what I want you to do is, uh, if you're driving and you don't have a stick shift, definitely relax your left leg. Uh, just like let it just go to the floor. It might be relaxed already. Your your knee might fall uh, open a little bit depending on your hips, right? Um, for those of us that are hanging out, just listening, uh, what I want you to do is. Uh, come into frog pose if you have the ability uh yeah yeah go go to frog pose okay. so if you don't know what frog pose is uh look it up uh or brie is going to potentially demonstrate no see brie you shouldn't give me this bye. responsibility <laughs> bye all right so uh go go into frog pose right so if you if you've never experienced frog pose so i'm gonna i'm gonna cue you through it with with my voice uh i can't demonstrate so what I want you to do uh, is start in a wide-legged stance. So get into a really wide-legged stance. I want you to turn your heels out, turn your toes in. Okay, so you're in a huge wide-legged stance, heels out, toes in. Um, so then what we're going to do is we're going to hinge from the hips and fold forward, bring our hands to the ground. Okay, hands to the ground. Now we're going to walk our hands forward. We're just going to walk our hands all the way forward until our knees come down to the earth. So at this point, you should uh, feel and look a little awkward. Um, your your knees are down on the earth. Your feet are wider than your knees. Okay, so there's a bend in your knees, but your feet are wider than your knees. If you need to bring them in slightly, do that. Okay, so here comes the, the fun part. What I want you to do is pull the belly button to the spine. There's a natural curvature in the lower back, and it's like dipping down. I want you to try to remove that. So try to puff out the lower back just a little bit. Okay, pull the belly button into the spine, and then we're going to press the hips back towards the knees and say hello to your hips. And if you're still not feeling this, you might be doing it wrong because you're just listening to me and you don't have an example, or you have really open hips, and that's pretty awesome. Um, get closer to the earth with your torso. So come down to your forearms or come down to your chest. Everyone else, just find a seat. Let your hips open naturally. Close down the eyes, everyone. And just take notice of your breath, where it's at. Just take notice if it's balanced or if it's uneven. If you're in frog pose, there's a chance that it has become shallow. So you're at this point where you're just breathing to survive. You're breathing just in your lungs, in your heart area, in the upper chest. Okay, what I want you to do now is start to extend that breath. So everyone, no matter where you're at, no matter what position you're at, even if you're driving, everyone take a big inhale, long, long, big inhale, fill all the way up into the belly. Continue out the nose, we're gonna exhale. If you're familiar with the Ujjayi breath or the Ujjayi Pranayama roughly translates to victorious life force, go ahead and activate that now. If not, don't worry about it. Just continue with this breath. Big inhales through the nose all the way into the belly. Big exhales out the nose. Make sure as we exhale, we're deflating from the belly. 
Okay, now I want you to direct your breath into your hips. If you're in frog pose on the inhales, maybe we come about halfway out of the pose just slightly, so release some of the tension on the hips. As we exhale, we, we sink deeper into this pose. So the hips make up a huge portion of the muscle group in the body. We have hip flexors, we have glutes, our quads run up into our hips, our hamstrings. So there's lots of room for asymmetry and there's also lots of room to store emotions in our hips. So at this point, you also might be getting a little emotional. You might be happy, you might be sad, you might be crying. I know many of people who cry in hip poses, hip openers like this. Wherever you're at, just continue to breathe. If you're in frog pose, what I want you to do on your inhale is slowly make your way out of it. Go ahead and pull the knees together, pull the feet together, and sit back on the heels. Go ahead and keep the eyes closed. Stay with this breath. Big inhales. Big exhales. There's an aftermath of frog pose. There's feeling, there's sensation after frog pose. Let's begin to let go of our breath control and just return back to a normal breathing pattern. And everyone, we're gonna take one big inhale through the nose. Loud, audible sigh out the mouth. Go ahead and blink the eyes open and return back to the episode. Thank you. Thank you. How are those hips feeling? Double whammy, breath and hips. Yes. After my run. <laughs> yeah. How'd you know? It's when you need it the most, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you also mentioned, right? I think we're going to talk a bit more about yoga today. Uh, but you, I, I told you earlier that my, I love the breath work because it does work. I feel like so much calmer. I feel like you're calmer. Um, uh, I mentioned my allergies are killing me. Oh yeah. You mentioned your allergies are killing you. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned Ayurveda. Yeah. And I, I know very little about Ayurveda. I have a hilarious story about Ayurveda. Um, but, uh, I want to just turn over to you. I'll, I'll share my story here in a moment, but I want to share over to you. Why would you bring up Ayurveda? Um, and for those listening, Ayurveda, A, Y, 
U R V E V D A. D A, yeah. Yeah. A Y U R V E so uh why would you bring up ayurveda uh, when when i mentioned my allergies i well so ayurveda is a sister science to yoga they go hand in hand one is um so this is going to be ayurveda is a lot more it's almost like the doctor side of it or the um Mm -hmm. like physical medicine side of of yoga um yoga is a lot more energetic based even when we're using the physical postures um we're using the physical postures to move energy um so ayurveda it's composed of i mean there's so many different facets to it but i brought it up because i'm in a 800 hour yoga therapy training with the amrit institute and one of the modules is Ayurveda because it's an Ayurveda-informed yoga. Um, so I won't mm-hmm. be an Ayurveda practitioner afterwards because there's way more than, say, like 50 hours of studying that you would need to be an Ayurveda practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's allowing you to understand it. So not only can you bring it into the yoga or if you have a client who is seeing an Ayurvedic doctor you're able to um, support that. But uh, the modules I just finished were a lot about like our organs and tissues and how they all kind of work together. And the main concepts that they're working with are doshas. And so these are these qualities that we all have. There's three of them. There's vata, pitta, and kapha. And... So we have them all. We have certain ones that we're born with more prominent, but throughout our experiences, things get out of balance. And we're looking to get back to balance of our kind of what we're born with. And why I brought it up with allergies is a few reasons. One is kind of like the phlegm and everything that, like I get really phlegmy with, um allergies or i get this like runner's cough which surprisingly i didn't get it this winter i got it like late winter mm-hmm. um and last night in the module they're like get rid of your phlegm <laughs> and so today running i'm like spitting and just spitting and spitting, and spitting. <laughs> because it's our, it's our body getting rid of these toxins so if yeah. you swallow that phlegm or you like don't do a snot rocket you're putting the toxins circulating it back into your body. Yep. Um, so I don't actually know specifically the allergies. I mean, it is going to be toxins entering your body. And, you know, everyone interacts differently with allergies. I personally, my reaction to allergies changed over time. I get a lot more lung uh, sensitivity, mm-hmm. like not being able to breathe. Um, or feeling like I can't breathe with my lungs when they kick in. But I'm really excited to learn more because I do think there's some things I could probably do to balance out, mm-hmm. um, to s- maybe not get rid of the allergies, but at least lessen them. Because they'll, um, the kapha, which is kind of the more like sluggish and slow, like dense, 
it's an earth and water quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds like it's all bad stuff, but it's not, it's not all bad. It's like luscious and there's a lot of great things to the kapha, um, qualities, but that, um, is our lungs are part of that. And so I actually, through this process, realized like how much potentially either I have kapha imbalance or that might be one of my more stronger doshas and maybe something's lacking because most of my like health stuff is related is like that phlegmy cough or bad allergies. I noticed Mm -hmm. most of my stuff in that arena. And so each of these doshas are responsible for different kind of parts of our body, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. So I think you, you, you really touched on it is, and I, and I've done very little Ayurveda and I had no clue what Ayurveda was until my yoga teacher training. Um, but really it's uh, with the allergies, it's just the balance. The way that, that she taught us was if you have allergies, you have an imbalance of something, Mm -hmm. something you are ingesting isn't working for you. If right. And, and you're supposed to change that and you're supposed to, alter that and and there's there's probably way more science than i know about involved in this uh and and us talking about it for five minutes or however long we're about to talk about it Mm -hmm. right is not going to do it justice but yeah so you have kappa which is what do you say earth and water right Mm -hmm. then you have pitta which is fire right fire and water yeah and that's me i'm Mm -hmm. fire if you can't tell um, and then uh, Vata is air and ether, air and ether, air and space. Um, but the one thing I will say, you say you're you're Pitta, but yeah. you would also want to know. So there's like Prakriti, which is what you're born with, mm-hmm. and then there's what you kind of fall into. So you could be. So they they'll look a lot structurally um, at you to figure out kind of your uh, what would it be? Yeah. Your structural makeup and then functional Mm -hmm. has more ability to kind of just get altered. And so you might be more Pitta, but in your personality, but is that causing other things? Maybe there, that's an imbalance of like what you were born with. And Mm -hmm. so what are, what's coming up? And that's, what's really, really cool about the science behind it yeah um yeah there's a lot to it there's a lot to it but it's wild but it's also really fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) because i'm gonna share my story yeah share your story (laughs) so the this teacher who who taught it i i have no uh, i'm pretty sure oh yeah you know what she's like an or nurse so like and and she talks about she she really loves the mixture of like functional medicine like like western medicine and right like the eastern chinese type medicine Mm -hmm. um which is part of the ayurvedic medicine right and uh and she was talking about like one of the ways to get balanced and uh and like i i swear so there were 15 of us in our yoga teacher training and i'm pretty sure all of us were like is this for real like is this lady playing a joke on us or or what um and to this day like we still joke about about it and um and and i'm sure it's real i'm sure it's a real thing but uh it's so based on your dosha 
Um, right. Like you have to, right. So like me, I'm pizza, I'm fire. Like I run, like everything about my body is, yeah. is fire. Like I am always hot. My wife will hug me and she's like, you're blazing. Yeah. And like, like I'll be cold. Like I could be outside in the cold and I'll be cold, but my outside is just radiating heat. Yeah. And like, so you have to, um, know that. And like when you use Ayurvedic medicine, you have to, uh, make sure you're using the right Ayurvedic medicine for your, your doshas. And again, I, I can't speak to this like at all mm-hmm. other than really what I'm doing, probably a terrible job at it. But so uh, the teacher, she explained to us this routine that she goes through monthly to like balance herself out. And um, based on your dosha, you have to use like some sort of oil and based on your dosha, it has to, like, it changes like it's sesame oil, olive oil or something mm-hmm. like that. And she was telling us, like, she she goes home, she gets, like, a sheet, she, like, puts a sheet on the floor, she gets naked and, like, rubs herself in oil. And, like, she just covers herself in whatever her oil is for her dosha. Mm -hmm. And then she just, like, hangs out on this sheet for, for I don't even remember how long. But, and she was, like, really, like, selling us, like, like, telling us, like, oh, yeah, you should go home and... You know, like we identified our main doshas and, yeah. you know, and, and, oh, go home and get this sesame oil and cover yourself <laughs> in oil. And like, and none of us did it. And, and again, for me, it was the first time I had ever heard about <laughs> Ayurvedic medicine. And I'm just like, huh? Like, you want me to do what? Yeah. And, and so I, I've never done it. And maybe there's something to it, but, uh, to, to this day, like we still joke about it because all of us were just like, excuse me you want me to like i think i'm i'm not surprised like based on like what i know about yoga now i'm not surprised like they didn't bring in sheets and like like everyone get naked like we're doing this ayurvedic cleanse and i like yeah so i'm I'm not surprised that didn't happen but uh yeah so that's that's my do you know anything about this process yeah it's abhyanga but it okay um it's a massage. It's, it's not necessarily like a massage massage, mm-hmm. but I guess that's how she does it for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so if you were to go get Abhyanga done by a, a Ayurvedic practitioner, they would mm-hmm. use oil, certain type of oil. Sesame is the one that works with every dosha. Um, okay. Because you're never trying to intensify a dosha. What you're doing is trying to soften the ones that are like more prominent Mm -hmm. to allow another one to come forward. Um, Mm. And so what's funny is your pitta and I think about your snow, right? Like you were doing the challenge where you jump in the snow. Right. Um, That's probably the worst thing you can do for a pitta. Oh, really? Because you're creating more fire. Yeah. So what's happening, like a pitta should not drink. No one should really drink ice water, but that's Mm -hmm. what they say. Um, but like if a pizza were to drink ice, you can drink cold water. That's, that's all I drink is ice water. Oh my God. <laughs> so like you can drink it, cold water is fine. Like do yeah. the cold water, but yeah. ice water, what happens is, <laughs> is that in order for you to process it, it has mm-hmm. to cool down or like, yeah. I mean, warm, warm up. Yep. And so you produce more fire inside of you. Hmm. to warm up the the wa- ice water to a temperature that you can actually use it in your body. 
So by doing ice water, you as a pitta, you're creating more and more fire inside of you. Oh, funny. <laughs> that's crazy. So that's yeah, why like, the that's... science is like so fascinating because you're like, oh, okay, like I run hot, like I should cool off. And it's like, well, how does that work? You know, and um, mm-hmm. a lot of it's actually just managing um, this vata, which is the air and ether space is, um, so all disease is related mm-hmm. to vata in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because too much air for say like a fire, um, will, well, it's that balance of like, it can either way too much can, could blow it out or it spreads it or mm-hmm. not enough makes it go out. So there's like all these things that how it interacts. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, but I forgot how I got, I w- side- Oh, I, the Abhyanga. I, I, I- Oh. Yeah, I, I wonder though if it if it like creates like is there like a craving like because like I I get what you're saying like it creates more fire but it, like I like ice water is just like what's good to me and like so is there like a craving yeah, like as a pizza do like I alcohol create... once good for you? I'm sorry, say that again. Was was alcohol once good for you? Oh God, no. Alcohol is never good for me. <laughs> never was good. <laughs> I but, thought it was good for me, but it was Whoa, it there de- you go. <laughs> it right? So you wasn't. think ice water is good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's satisfying. I mean, well, I think Coke is good for me and like Coca-Cola people, easy. Cola. Uh, liter of um, cola. A liter of cola. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. But I, yeah. I, don't I mean, there's worse to... things. Like I'm not like, don't drink ice water. No, but, but that's just how it's working in your body is something right. to consider. Um, yeah. If you haven't caught on people, this is the hippie part of the hunter and the hippie. Lots podcast. of hippies. Yes. Lots of hippies. Probably today. all hippie. Yep. All right. So go back to Abhyanga. So Abhyanga is, yeah, it basically it's kind of, it's like a massage, but it's not technically a massage and you're, mm-hmm. um, you're just moving the oil in in a way that is, um, like I, I don't even know because I just like learned it briefly. Mm-hmm. But you're, uh, it's usually performed by someone else. So that's what I was gonna say. Are fun. you rolling like, out the sheets tonight? She and... probably could. Maybe she was like <laughs> doing it on herself on her arms and like legs. But I, n- I've never heard of like you just like rolling your sheets. Oh yeah, she was like like the way she made it sound was like she's like I get naked. I go like she like her husband. She's like yep, my husband knows like this is like my time and like I'm just, she's like, I get naked and I just cover myself in this oil. And I was like, this is fucking strange. (laughs) Um, If if it feels less strange to get it done by someone, maybe do that. They won't make you get naked, but I've got an Ayurvedic um, massage Mm -hmm. and I was in my underwear, you know? And so like, but it was like Abhyanga, like they, mm-hmm. they cover you, sesame they, oil like, they just like rub sesame oil. Yeah. So they're just pushing like, so they would be like pushing it up my, you know, like up the mm-hmm. arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of like this deep tissue massage, it, it, it really is, I think a combination of, I mean, just the oil has <laughs> a, a process within you that's helpful. And then just the movement. Hmm. 
of, I, I could look it up. I feel like I'm <laughs> failing. This is, this has like been the most dense part of my training where I'm like, whoa, because I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm learning new languages because everything is in Sanskrit. And then, yeah, it's, it's very science, sciencey, mm-hmm. um, which is fascinating. I'm excited. I'm, was like, I'm listening and, to this module over and over again. But. And there's a lot too, like with essential oils with mm-hmm. it. Um, right. There's, you know, people, people make fun of essential oils with like, Oh, there's no science based on essentials. Eh, there is, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's ancient, right? Like we don't study it now because right, we don't see it as this Western medicine. Like this pharmaceutical company didn't come up with this lavender essential oil, right. And, and make you, um, right. Like do their research on it. But there, there absolutely is science behind, behind mm-hmm. it, and right, like lavender is for relaxing and and sleeping, and right, like that's why there's teas, right? Like it goes back, you, it's it's none of this. It hasn't, it wasn't snake oil or hocus pocus, right? Like you don't have these teas to make you feel certain ways, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah, there's not essential oil in the tea, but you're using the product of mm-hmm. it, right? And essential oil is just the the oil from whatever is in that tea right so lavender is a, a great one right lavender is for relaxation and for sleep and you have lavender teas you have lavender essential oils and and that goes on right like mint mint is great for upset stomachs and right clearing why do you think pepto- yeah sinuses. and and if you yeah clear yeah absolutely clearing up the sciences right? and if you don't believe that uh that essential oils right or the the thing itself isn't used in science well, this is really easy. If you don't believe that, take a look at a lot of modern medicine. So you have Pepto-Bismol. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't taken Pepto-Bismol, uh, it is a pink drink, and it tastes like chalk and mint. Mm-hmm. And what does it do? It 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 coats your stomach and, and helps heal your stomach. So there's an aspect of it that, you know, that chalkiness, that whatever that medicine is, is helping to coat your stomach and heal it. But then there's the mint in it, too, that is... Uh, providing relief as well um oregano is great for burns um and it's also make you uh smells like a greasy italian um i can say that because i'm a greasy italian and uh, it's hilarious whenever like i, I like sunburns you could put oregano oil mm-hmm. on it and then everyone thinks that you're a big pasta dish to eat and... yeah. <laughs> i'm hungry already <laughs> right right uh but you know like there's and and it goes back to Right, I, I, and I'm gonna do my best at relating this to Ayurveda. When, when we say when you're allergic to something, it's because you're imbalanced in something else. And, and they go through. And again, this is not. I'll even say that this isn't the part that I paid attention. She lost me when she started talking about covering herself in oil. Um, but like you know, let's say you're you're missing or you're imbalanced and you don't have something. There's there's something that is directly opposite of that that you're supposed to go get. Right. And let's just call it oregano. I don't know what it is, but let's just call it oregano. Right. So you're going to put oregano in your food or when you're craving, you know, and it goes back to like if you're craving chocolate, you're really not craving chocolate. The body doesn't crave chocolate. Mm -hmm. You're you're craving um, zinc, I think it is. Um, or you're craving sugar, right? There's your, your body isn't craving. Your body doesn't know what sugar is until you ingest sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, but your body's imbalanced and it goes the same for allergies. If you're, you're having allergic reactions to even the environment, it's because, right. People say, go take bee pollen, Mm -hmm. local bee pollen or, or honey, uh, local honey. And, 
that's supposed to help because it's supposed to help get it into your system and help balance you out. And when you don't have it, it's like, it's like this attack on your body. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the best that I can explain it. But so my point is, is that these essential oils, right? Mm -hmm. There's a science behind it. There's everything that you're talking about. There's, there is science Mm -hmm. behind it and it's even prevalent in Western society, right? It's not this hocus pocus and there's definitely something to it that we, we should be. And that's what I did like about her in what she was talking about is that she, she was an OR nurse. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I do remember. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like you're this OR nurse who's clearly sees the benefit of Western medicine. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you're clearly, they're not holding lavender essential oil under your nose to try to keep you out while they're cutting into your, your, take your appendix out. So, uh, and she even said it, she said there's, there's definitely a balance and, and we should, that's where society should be moving is more towards, Right, like bringing all of it together to yeah. make it. I've met a lot of medical professionals who switched—not switched, but dove into more holistic practices and Eastern medicine practices because of the being in the medical profession and mm-hmm. seeing the gaps or the pieces that are missing mm-hmm. from it. Um, you know, and I, I had a. I know one of my students, he was like, I used to use essential oils in uh, the rehab center, you know, when he was working with rehab patients for Mm -hmm. brain injury and things like that. And this is one of my favorite things to bring up around like yoga and medicine. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember the name of the medical symbol but it's the two snakes. Oh yeah. That the intertwine. Symbol. What is it called? Uh, I, I forget what it's called. It's so, the nurse's symbol though. Yeah. It's like, it's like what the old time nurses used to wear on their hat. Yeah. So there's two um, snakes that intertwine through each other. There's like wings that kind of come off the top. And then there's like a, a pole that goes to the center of the snakes. In yoga, we have a thing called Ida and Pingala. And Ida is like the cooling, the calm. So this would be like in Chinese medicine, yin, um, the moon. It's kind of the negative charge. And mm-hmm. then Pingala is fire. Uh, it'd be yang and the sun. And Ida and Pingala are the nadis, and they are the things that intertwine, just like those snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, they see it in the body through our spine, which creates our chakra centers. And when those are fully in balance, our shashumna, which runs up our spine, so that pull that goes through the middle of the snakes in the medical symbol, is our shashumna. So when Ida and Pingala are balanced, we have a f- a healthy, free-flowing energy through our spine or through our chakra, through our shashumna. And then like those wings, right, is this kind of connection back to source. And so this symbol has been around for eons before, Mm -hmm. but there's, it's like, that's where I'm always like, the yogis knew something more than, you know, we, they didn't have the, modern science to prove it but 
they're saying the same things, this idea of balance, you know? And so it's like a, when there's too much Pingala, people are anxious. When there's mm-hmm. too much Ida, people are depressed. And so we, we go between the two, we intertwine. This all is a dance, a play together. But when we're our most healthiest, right? And the symbol for health medicine is this exact symbol is when those things are balanced. And mm-hmm. I just love that example because um, like anyone who's science-based, like, well, where'd they get that? Because this is what it actually means. Right. <laughs> um, and the third eye, that's another one that's really fascinating because the third eye is about mm-hmm. like an inch or so in from the center of the forehead and it goes into your midbrain, which is mm-hmm. where fight or flight lives. It's the HPA access uh, and the pineal gland. So it's where we, our circadian rhythm is managed our all of our hormone balance is managed and so again yogis have have been bringing awareness to the third eye like right for this feeling of peace well yep that's exactly where the fight or flight is being managed right like right it's it's just super cool when you and and it's but it's housed it's housed from so like you're saying it goes to the center but what is connected to the center of the brain, the spine, Mm -hmm. and then the spine goes down and your vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. right, is what also controls your central nervous system, which is Mm -hmm. part of the fight or flight. So again, it goes back up that spine, like Mm -hmm. you're saying, taking that inner weaving. So there's, there's so much to exactly what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. With, right, like, yeah, getting, getting the mind right, what you're taking in up here, right? What's going on throughout the body, throughout the chakras, um, so yeah, I, and when I you said you were talking about in the breathing mm-hmm. in, into our hips and, you know, like the emotions coming up at the hips, the second mm-hmm. chakra is the center of the pelvis. Yep. Um, and that's our, that's our like personal relationships. It's sexuality, it's sensuality, it's creativity. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's where our, our yeah. emotions are held in that second. That's exactly where it's held yep. when you think about chakras, you know? Yep. I try to, you know, it's funny, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say dumb it down, but I, I try to make yoga less hippie-ish, mm-hmm. right? And I think we've talked about this before, right? And that's because I'm trying to make it more accessible. When you start talking about a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, right? When you start talking about chakras, like people, you lose people. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, people are just like, oh yeah, no, right? Because again, you can't see, you can't touch, you can't feel it, you can't operate on it, Um and, and, and you lose people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what you can do is you can, you, you can show them how they exist. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. Like, you know, by making someone breathe into their hips and then they start releasing these emotions, right? Like it's, it's powerful. And then, then they're like, Oh, what was that? Right. And then they start asking questions mm-hmm. and, and you can absolutely start breaking it down like you just did. Yeah, we, um, a lot of my work, especially with Yoga Nidra, is the science gets people in. I say this is anyone who's one of my clients or students, like, broken record. But mm-hmm. the science is what gets them in. The experience is what keeps them in. And yep. so a lot of times I have to step forward. I have to move with science just so people will listen. But then yeah. once they start experiencing it, they're, they don't give a shit about science anymore right. it's like oh okay right and that's the thing is like once you know and and i'm not religious at all and 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 i think 
there's there's something to that, right? That you have these people who like who have experienced God, mm-hmm. and who are we to say that they haven't, mm-hmm. right? And maybe they've experienced something that has brought them closer to a God, their God, multiple gods, whatever, right? That is, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing. Like, yeah, science goes far, right? Like, science shows you a lot. Science, right? Science is real, uh, right? Science is real, but but Who's so science is, ex- is real though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but experience shows you, right? Like it exposes, right? Science. It, it, you know, when the the first time I ever realized how it's funny that we talked about pigeon pose. The first time I ever realized how powerful my breath was was in pigeon pose, and. And it was when I first started, not when I first started, but like probably like a year in and, and I couldn't, I couldn't lie down, right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fully deepen into my pigeon pose. And, uh, and, and my teacher was like cueing me, like sort of like what I did with you, like come halfway out of the pose, breathe in, sink deeper into it, come halfway mm-hmm. out, sink deeper into it. And, and it was just that it was like that for like, three or four minutes in just one side. And by the end of that, I was lying completely flat. Mm-hmm. I started like forearms on blocks and just the power of the breath and the power of just using the breath to breathe into my hips mm-hmm. and, and fire up the, the chakra and right. Like allow whatever was going on in there to do the work um, was just amazing so you could talk about it right you could tell people how powerful their breath is but when they experience it there's something there mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty awesome yeah ca caducious c-a-d-u-c-e-u-s okay yeah yeah the medical symbol i don't know mm-hmm. how to say that word <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's the school of nursing and most medical organizations use it uh, or in Greek mythology, it's it's known as the staff of Hermes, uh, who's the messenger god or the god of medicine. God of medicine, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of research uh, into it, but I I know you asked what the name <laughs> was, and I was like, I have to look this up now. Yeah, I feel like I always whenever I talk about it, I ask, and then I never remember it. No, like, yeah. well, how are you gonna remember that name? I Science. can't even say it. Yeah, science. Right. <laughs> Snake science staff isn't wings. Real, right? <laughs> Come uh. on. <laughs> oh no, it's it's so interesting. I, you know, when you're talking about, right? You say chakras, and people just like oh, tune out, like, uh, mm-hmm. and but showing them it, how can we bring it to them in a different way? And it's been really fascinating to reflect on my yoga teaching journey. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do think as a practitioner, it's always, it's different than teaching. Um, yep. Because I have that, di- like, you know, I've, I, I mean, this summary is a perfect example. We were talking about what is yoga unit, you, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do our self studies, whatever that looks like. And it's not always stuff we bring to our classes because I think for both of us wanting to make it more approachable. Yeah. I have gone off the deep end though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I, I just I do finally, it. I do it in some classes. But I finally was like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is your, you know, like, I mean, it, and it's more of just because I'm so, I'm just over yoga being a, a fitness workout, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I think it has been, I, I bring in different, I would bring in different philosophies. So I still do. It's not just yoga. I'll bring in something from a book I'm reading or something from the I Ching, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, so much is of the power of the practice is lost by not bringing those teachings in. And, and I, and I think when you say this, you know, you're like, I'm not religious. I, I even reflect on my own relationship with religion. I was very like turned off by it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, fascinating to see as my spiritual practice has deepened and I've opened myself up to even just bringing those practices more into my classes, like how that's changed my relationship with religion. And it it comes back to that. All of these, they're all saying the same thing. They're saying it differently and it's getting interpreted differently. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know what I was going to say there. I totally lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, I, I just recently, and I think it's also like, I've this lineage that I'm studying that I'm doing my 800 hour with is just, there, there's so much depth to it. And there, mm-hmm. again, there's so much potency to it that it's like, I feel I'm doing a disservice by not sharing it. And I'm not sharing it in a way where this is what religion I think made me like, Ooh, is like mm-hmm. when you have the people who try to force it on you, right? Yeah. Like they say, you have to believe this or not. I don't care if you believe what I'm saying or not, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I think I was afraid to turn people off, right. Yeah. To lose them. But people are going to hear what they need to hear when they need to hear it. Absolutely. And so I could not say that and have the same effect, you know, absolutely. And, yep. I feel so much more freed now that I've been able to bring more of that depth into it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, oh, and that's how I started is because it's like, it became a fitness workout for everyone. And it's, it's just so much more than that. And as teachers, if we're not making it more than a fitness workout, we're really doing a disservice to the, to the practice. Absolutely. Yeah. So first off, I, I do want to address something you said and, and I know, right. Like your thoughts are exactly what you said, right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to say that, but you're also, I, and you've said it on other episodes. It's like, if this is what gets you in the door, then great. Right. Mm-hmm. Like let's get you in the door. But, uh, and I've had multiple students tell me like, Oh, I just, I just came here for a workout. And now they're like lifelong students. Yeah. They've been practicing with me for three years and they're like, I don't even care if I sweat. And I'm yeah. like, good. Like, it's not the point. Like, Hey, if you sweat, great. Like that's, that's awesome. Right. Like, please like, yes, get in a sweat. Like, yes, you came here to get flexible. Um, that's a whole nother issue. I had someone just recently, uh, Alan, I need yoga. I, I need to get flexible. I keep <laughs> hyper extending. I keep getting hyper extension injuries. Wait, then you don't need flexibility. Over flexibility. Well, yeah, and that's what I said. I was like, well, then you don't need flexibility. Like you need strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, 
we don't even know what we don't know. Like we don't even know, like we are like, Oh, I'm hyper flexible. I need you. Like, you know, and, and people are telling, we're telling this person, you should try yoga mm-hmm. and no, yes, you need yoga, but you don't need it because you're, you're, you need more flexibility, mm-hmm. right? Flexibility is actually your problem. Um, and I've talked about that in other episodes too. Um, right. We need mobility, flexibility, and strength. And if you're over, if you're hyperextending, you don't need flexibility. You're good. You're plenty flexible. We need to work on getting you stronger. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like I, like I, I've actually started, I haven't, I haven't gone off the deep end where like that's, that's it. Cause I still want to, um, I feel like I can say, I feel like maybe I can't say it all the time. Cause I, sometimes I'm at a loss for words, but I, I need to figure out a way to say what's off the deep end in the shallow end or like put some floaties on people and then push them off into the deep end and like have them figure it out. Like, so I, I, I appreciate what you're saying because what you're saying is so true. Like there's times and sometimes in my classes, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to talk to you today about your locks, your bondas and the importance of them. And, and I know people are probably like, huh? Like we're doing what we're locking what energy, how, by what my sphincter, what, like, (laughs) you know, like people are just, you know, again, they're going to hear what they're, what they're going to want to hear when they need to hear it. And you have to put it out there. But my thought is how can I make it, how can I make it so that more people are going to hear it? Mm -hmm. And how can I, you know, Ashtanga yoga is the primary form of yoga that like I like learned with. And if you've been to my classes and you've been to Ashtanga, you'll, I've had people say to me like, Oh, you went to Ashtanga. Like you, like you have an Ashtanga background because my, my classes are very much Ashtanga based, except I actually care about your body. Um, uh, where I feel like Ashtanga, I'm sure they care about their bodies. Um, but it doesn't seem like it. Uh, Ashtanga is really like violent. It's like a violent yoga. I call it violent yoga. Ashtanga is so mean. Um, but yeah, like I think that like you have to put put a pretty bow on it in a way that is like here, like you you want to open this, you want to understand it, you want to read it. And yeah, and it's, it's still a task cuz it doesn't get everyone. You know, but it's funny cuz I was so hesitant to to and again, I'm I still again, I bring in other philosophies. I'm not just, mm-hmm. you know, doing yoga, yogic philosophies, but I have been taking on a little more education components into my classes. And, and it's very, I still think it has a little bit of bow and it's softer, but it's like my gateway into then maybe talking about a little more esoteric type stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated though, by how well received it is and so i see that as like wow my mind was actually creating these stories about what people will be turned off by and not Mm -hmm. turned off by and what i think is really significant is and i'm not tooting my own horn i'm speaking for like even you Mm -hmm. is just who we are as people and because we connect with the people who are coming to our classes when we can bring in that kind of esoteric like off the deep end stuff it's not scary or like what the heck because they've connected with us as people and they're like oh they're you know they 
like he hunts. Like, yeah, they're, they're normal. Like they're they're normal. Yeah, she's I can like, listen to what they're fun. Like, right, right. Okay, <laughs> she's yeah. not just like sitting and meditating all day, right? You know, right. and I think that's yeah. really where it's like, no, I'm I'm embodying this, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm embodying that you can what this episode this podcast is about. I'm embodying that you can be more than one thing. The that like esoteric isn't just for the hippie or the monk or it it can be you see how that exists in your own life i mean Mm -hmm. they're all just questions of of that lead us into personal growth and in whatever we're wanting to grow in yeah 100 percent. and and i and i want to bring up politics really quick we don't have to dive into it but i i do because exactly what you're saying I really feel like, you know, in, in the political climate that we've had in the last few years and, and probably even now, we've we've very much become the party. Mm-hmm. Or, no, we haven't. No, that's a lie. We haven't become the party. We we think we've become the party. Mm-hmm. And and we think that we've become, well, I'm a Democrat. And, and I'm a Republican. And because I'm a Democrat, this is this is everything that I have to agree with and and go go with with the party. And and while I'm a Republican and this is everything that that I have to agree with and, and go with where there's the, the, the things that make up or that we believe make up these party lines are, are exactly that. Right. They're the hunter and the hippie. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the hunter is conservative for some reason. I have no clue why. Um, right. And then the hippie. conserving land. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hunter is conservative and the hippie is, is, is liberal. And, and I, and that's part of also like, I want our discussions and we've had, um, we've had discussions on our show that aren't politically charged, but are made politically charged outside of our show. Mm. And, and I've even had to like say, and you've had to say like, Hey, this isn't a right or left thing. This is just mm-hmm. a thing. And like our, the media and, and people make us believe that they're right or left, but um, like you can be both. You like, you're not a terrible, right? If you're, if you consider yourself a Democrat or a liberal you can't right, and, and then you look at hunting. You're like, well, I can't be a hunter because I'm a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just stupid, right? I'm not calling you stupid, but that idea is stupid that you can't be that other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not. It doesn't say like, well, if you're a hunter, you have to be a Republican. Like, no, mm-hmm. you know, and and if you're a hippie, you have to be a liberal. Like, no, like we, why can't we look at at the the issues, right? Why can't we look at the topic, the the thing, and and this just goes back to our episode. Like, why 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 is it that I have to look at if I'm like I'm all in on Western medicine? No, like there's Western medicine that's been terrible for us, mm-hmm. right? Like, how can right? There's Western medicine that's been great for us. It's extended our our life capacity, our our life expectancy mm-hmm. by, I mean, what like an old person you know, thousands of years ago was what, like 22. I think if you lived to like 22, you lived like a long, meaningful life. Mm-hmm. You had Kings at like 12 and like <laughs> marriages. And, you know, I think Queens, I forget there was a queen. I think there was like a queen who like ruled the land from like eight years old or something like that. It's something ridiculous. 
But my, my point is, is like, we got to move away from this is this, this is this, whether it be political, whether it be, um, you know, yoga based, science based, like no science still exists, but then there's the experience and hippies still exist. And then there's hunting. And, and I, I even argue that hunting is part of being a hippie, but that's different. I, you know, it's funny. I definitely, I think there's a lot that has fallen into those political categories, but I also think it's fascinating. I think we've actually just turned into, um, uh, us and them culture versus, and so politics tends to be where we do an us Mm -hmm. and them. Um, or maybe it's like an, uh, a something in an anti or, it's the polarization, right? So yep. we've created, well, we've moved the natural polarization into conflicting duality. Mm-hmm. And because I, I do think what's fascinating is with cur- with the pandemic, people kind of drew, said, you know, anti-maskers are conservative and that, but yeah. I, I actually, there was so much blurring of that. Mm-hmm. The two categories were simply anti-maskers and maskers. Yeah. Right. Yep, so 100%. And they didn't fall into those categories. And I think right. it was very evident. I mean, I know a lot of like very extreme liberals who were like, this is BS, like all of this. And then I know a yep. lot of extreme conservatives that wouldn't go no, like wear their mask all the time, you know? And yeah. And then also, and like, same with the vaccine. Just I yeah, was gonna yep. say that was yeah. the next part. <laughs> yes, is like, yeah. So the thing is, it's not falling into political categories. Mm-hmm. It's you're either if you're not up for the if you're not getting the vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer. Right. If you're not if you in order to not be racist, you have to be anti-racist. Right. In order to be, you're either a hunter or you're anti-hunter. Right. Like. Yeah. We we're like you have to be one or the other. We've mm-hmm. actually like even beyond politics, yeah. we've just become this culture of like you're you're either for it or you're or, against it. Yeah. You're not like somewhere in the middle or like open to evolve or like which is, I support this part of it right. but not this part of it. Like which is really interesting because <laughs> the, what you've just said is actually two separate coins, right? Because mm-hmm. when you think about opposites, the, the opposite of a hunter isn't an anti-hunter. The opposite of a hunter is someone who doesn't hunt, mm-hmm. right? That's the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your heads, you have your tails, you have your hunter, you have your non-hunter. You don't have an anti-hunter, mm-hmm. right? That's a totally separate coin, right? So you have a you have a, a vaxxer or someone who gets vaccines, which I, I'm not even getting <laughs> inside because I don't even understand this part, this, this right? Like, and and then you have someone who doesn't get vaccines, not an anti-vaxxer. And typically, like you said, typically an anti-vaxxer is way left. Yeah. Right. Like typically, right. Like it's that hippie. I I don't need, Mm -hmm. I don't need a vaccine. My kids aren't getting vaccines. And you see a lot of uh, anti-vaxxers in Boulder and Boulder actually has become such a, uh, I have a funny story when I moved here. So Boulder has become really like the, the, the uh what am i trying to say like the uh the image for anti-vaxxers um because when i when i moved here uh i used to work with small businesses i used to work with doctor's offices and uh i was in a doctor's office talking to a doctor uh, he was a pediatrician actually and you know they do a lot with vaccines and uh he's like oh where where you know i told him that i just moved here and he's like oh where'd you move where'd, where'd you move to 
and I told them where I live. I, I live in Erie, Colorado. And for everyone who doesn't know the geography of this, so I live in Erie, Colorado. I live in Boulder County, mm-hmm. um, but I don't live in Boulder. And um, the doctor says to me, he's like, oh, so you love Boulder, but you believe in vaccines. <laughs> and I just, I laughed, right? Like, because it Boulder has right? Like I, I live in Boulder County, but I'm far enough removed from Boulder. And that's absolutely the vibe that you get from where I live is like, we're, we're pretty balanced here. Like we're pretty center. Um, you know, there's definitely politically left and right, you know, topics in, in our town, um, but we're pretty center. And that's what I look for, um, in, in living, right? I want both. I, I want to see both because mm-hmm. there's, Right. If, if, if you have a friend that is far right, right, there is something that that friend is doing that is way left. Okay. I promise you, right. They're 100% is something that they're, if they say, right, no one is, is again, right. No one is their party. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone that's far left, there's, there's absolutely something that they're doing. They definitely own a gun. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, or right. Like there, there's something that they do, right. They have a savings account. Right. Like they, they have their iPhone, right. There's something that they're doing that, that is, you know, inherently right. If that's how we're going to apply it. Um, so it's just, it's funny, like the, the labels and you're, you're so right. We, we did. And I, I do it right. I'm, I'll be the first one to admit I do it. I absolutely do it. Right. We all do it. Um, right. We we're going through like all this confirmation bias and everyone has biases and everyone's racist and, I do believe everyone's biased, uh, but I don't think there's a fix for it because that's just who we are. That's what we are as people. The fix for it is having a conversation mm-hmm. and like being open to talking to people about their thoughts and their views and how they're raised and things that they've experienced in life and understanding why they have that bias. Right. And I think that's how we, I don't think we'll ever beat it, but that's how we beat it is like yeah. understanding, Hey, Oh, you're biased. Yeah, we all are. Like we all have a bias and, um, fuck, where was I going with this one? Damn it. Maybe it'll come back. Well, um, it's funny you say that because that's, I think about that's what the yoga, the yoga is, mm-hmm. is our mind. We, we all have human minds Yeah. and what our human minds do are take past experiences mm-hmm. and create a meaning to our present based on past experience. That's bias. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't stop it from mm-hmm. happening, but we can stop act but how we act on it is one thing that we can shift and then how we judge or feel about other people who had have had different experience than us creating a different bias for themselves in this moment right like i think what it is is what you're saying is spot on is the conversations and it's like we're gonna have our bias because that's what we do that's what our minds do Mm -hmm. But can we stop judging, shaming, or making something yeah. different than ours bad? So that's the, yep. the conflicting duality. Isn't that there's, it's it's just that there's people who hunt and there's people who don't hunt, mm-hmm. right? There's and then we there's don't people need who, this. and then there's people who are against hunting, you know. Right. But it's and I'm not going to sit and I'm not going to shame or judge or right. say that this person is wrong and this is right and you're mm-hmm. bad and you're good. But what, 
I'll say this. I'll say this is wrong, right? We have to stop with the with the shaming. That's what's wrong mm-hmm. is we have to stop with the, the name calling. Calling someone a racist has implications. Mm-hmm. And, and it has implications on the person you're saying it to. It has implications on yourself, the person saying it, mm-hmm. right? Like when we say those types of things, those are very strong words, mm-hmm. right? Those are very strong words that are very hard to prove. Right. To to call someone something so derogatory. Right. And and, and even right. Like to, to call them anything, to call them a bigot, to call them a racist, to call them an anti-vaxxer. Right. Is is not it's it's not the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not giving humanity a chance. It's it's you feeling so righteous that you've you've defined what this is what this one thing is and and you are now applying it to everyone and and just trying to like bring it back to topic and stand topic is you know you and you saying oh you're a hippie and and that doesn't work right that some people think being called a hippie is derogatory and Mm. right like why aren't we just having the conversation right some people being called a conservative, I have, I have a lot of conservative views, right? I do. Um, but when, when, when I'm called a conservative, I'm like, ew, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Oh, that's, that's not, that's not who I am. That doesn't define me. I have conservative views, Mm -hmm. right? But I also have very liberal views, but if you were to call me liberal, I'd be like, ew too. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's right. Like, cause I, I think they're both gross. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think the, or the idea of like being just one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why we did this. That's why we, we, that's why we are the hunter and the hippie Yeah, is because we wanted to talk about be it politics, be it yoga, be it right. Like we want to give people a taste of like, okay. Hey, like, yeah, you've heard us talk about for nine episodes now, accountability, self care, right. All this stuff, right. Hunting, killing things, uh, I don't even remember like everything that we've talked about. Um, gender, we, roles. gender roles, right? Um, we've talked about yoga. We're talking about yoga more. Like we want to give you what is actually going on in life, mm-hmm. right? And to say that you're just one thing, it's just it's crazy to me to be like, oh, I'm I'm this. Well, no, and that's for me. That's yoga. Like that mm-hmm. is the yoga is we're none of them. Mm-hmm. we're actually none of them mm-hmm. those are just labels and those are just roles that we play yeah but we aren't any of them and this is the esoteric yep. part that we're going to there's something deeper beneath the roles that we play every single mm-hmm. day in our our yeah. suffering and our Absolutely. pain is a separation from that inner truth and for a religious person it could be god for someone who's not you know it could be peace that sense of trust in yourself um of something deep inside um ease the source light whatever it might be um that's always there Mm -hmm. but we get so wrapped up in identity in the roles that we play these labels and Mm -hmm. labeling ourselves to then label others and then Mm -hmm. have personal preference and it's not bad to have personal preference but it's that control like it's it's when you say this is wrong or bad and Mm -hmm the role that I play is right. You know, that righteousness that you were mentioning. Um, they're all temporary. Like what, what were you before 
you are a parent. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. no, you're just playing the role of parent right now. Yeah. I remembered like, a, a point that I was going to make is yeah. that, is that I do it too. When I said like, I do it too, is I, I lay, I, I label and I, and I try to catch myself like mm -hmm. just with this, with, with coronavirus and the vaccine and the masks and, and all that it's I've with the vaccine coming out, I have, I have family and friends on, on both sides, all throughout the spectrum, far left, far right in the middle, right? Moderate, moderate on both sides. And, and, and people that have gotten the vaccine, I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like, I totally thought you weren't going to get it. Yeah. And like, and that's more of like the right. Like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally thought like you were not going to get this vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then there's like people on the left that, you know, same thing that are, you know, totally anti-mask. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And, yeah. and again, that's me judging. Right. And, and that's, I think one of the first, I don't want to say like the first steps is just like, just being honest with ourselves that like, yeah, we have these biases and mm -hmm. that's cool. And like, and, and my thought is then to go to have the conversation is, mm -hmm. oh, why do you feel that way? Oh, why'd you, why'd you get the vaccine? And, uh, and I'll, I'll share this real quick. The, the person that got the vaccine, one of the people that got the vaccine that I th immediately thought that like immediately when they like did their, I, I don't think the vaccine works unless you post your card on social media. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's sure or not, uh, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's how that works. That's science, right? Uh, but like the person posted their card on social media and I was like, oh, that's odd. You're right. I didn't think you were going to get the vaccine. And and then I asked, I was like, I asked, I said, oh, why did you get the vaccine? And he, he works as uh, he works in the funeral business mm -hmm. uh, in New York, where a lot of deaths have happened because of coronavirus. Uh, so he sells uh, like cemetery plots. And he was like, I've seen so many people die and so many people that couldn't be there for their families through this pandemic. And I'm hoping this is the light at the end of the tunnel mm. for us. And I was like, wow, that's fucking powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was that that's their experience. Mm -hmm. and, and so is he wrong for that experience? No. And I was like, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, that's crazy. Like, he cries with these families the conversation went deep and he's he's the he's the only one right like in this pandemic um i had i've had family members die during this pandemic of coronavirus uh, and of not coronavirus and uh and there's many scenarios where the the person who died was either in alone in a hospital without any family by their bed mm -hmm. And they died because right of our lockdowns, which I think are bullshit. Um, not going to get into that, but I am going to say they're bullshit. Uh, uh, right. Died alone in the hospital. Um, no funerals. Their, their one significant other or their one family member had had to make all the funeral arrangements because they're not allowed to gather. Um, right. We've put all these, these, these restrictions and, and that's that person's story is and they've seen it firsthand and they've lived it and it doesn't matter right to our point about science it doesn't matter what the science says mm -hmm. that's this person's experience mm -hmm. and we can't take that from that person yep. and to to try to like i 
And after you hear their story, what can you say? You're going to call them an anti-vaxxer right, if you didn't want it, right? Like, you're going to call them a name? You're going to call them racist because their story is doesn't fit to your standards? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my thought. I think we're a little off topic, but... No, it's the... I yeah. mean, yeah. yoga means union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so yoga means union um, everything. Yeah. The polar, the pol- the polarities... Mm-hmm. all as one yep not not separating it's not union of just this kind of person who believes the same mm-hmm. thing as me yep it is union of all the differences all the constellation mm-hmm. of, of hu- humans and beings and animals and nature it's it's it is all of it, it is interconnected interdependent mm-hmm. it's all one it is the union of inhale and exhale which are the polarities, Pol- right? Right. Like you have, in order for one to be around, you have to have the other. Mm-hmm. And that applies to life. And, and yeah, that's, that's what a big thing that yoga has taught me is like people have their stories and they're allowed to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just cause your thoughts or your science or your, your beliefs go against it. doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that we should shame them or any of that. And all of our pain and suffering is mm-hmm. resistance yeah. to it's the natural holding polarities. On. Holding on. It's that grip that we get it's on the rope. It's a grip or it's pulling. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that attachment or aversion mm-hmm. um, to, to nature. Yep. So what does yoga mean to you? I just, I just dropped the bomb. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. Um, That's what it is. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what the practice is. That is what, um, what I love about, again, this lineage that I've been diving deeper into different from what I started my yoga training with. I've done a lot of different trainings and mentorships. And now with the yoga therapy program, it's, through the Amrit Institute. And it's really, it's the reason I went into it is because of my own experience with it and deep connection to it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's putting that, putting it back into your own hands. Um, I mean, we've talked about just in this episode, people's kind of lack of body awareness mm-hmm. uh, and that, is a lot of what yoga brings you into what's really happening right now. Um, so the mind is everywhere, but here, mm-hmm. um, the mind is in the past because it's defining what you're experiencing now based on something you learned or experienced in the past. Is that real? Yeah. The experience was real, but it's not sure. real in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so the practice of yoga brings you right into breath, which is real. It's this moment. And then sensation because if you can just feel sensation without the commentary of the mind, mm-hmm. that's where we're in presence. Absolutely. We're, we're pulling into what is actually real. Um, and again, the only moment we can ever experience is, is the present moment. Yeah. And when we're in that moment, there's freedom. Mm-hmm right? There's, you lose the name calling, you lose the judging. 
right? You, you just, you start to think, oh, that's, that's a, that's a different thought. That's a different concept, right? There's, there's freedom to explore, right? When you don't have your truths, I always, I always like to talk about, right? There's two types of truth. So there's big T truth and then there's little T truth. And, and most of what, well, right, we, we, we often confuse the few and all of us do this, right? It's a, it's an overgeneralization, but it's not, right? It's everyone does this. Mm-hmm. We often believe our little T truths are big T truths. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes back to everything that we've talked about. And just, we have to, you know, yoga has brought my realization to everything's little T truth. Mostly everything is little T truth. Mm-hmm. And that it, it's doesn't, you know, it's, it does exist and it doesn't exist and that's your way of seeing it. And someone else has a different way of seeing it. And mm-hmm. how can we see it differently? And, you know, how are we going to be in that moment and just be for that person? And when we, I feel like when we're there, we're not, we're supportive, right? We're supportive. We're, we, we are connected to, right. It's that union again. We're connected to other people. We're connected to nature. We're connected to mother earth and we want to, right? Because I, I had a friend, uh, I think this relates, hopefully it relates. I had a friend who just <laughs> asked me, uh, are, do you believe people are inherently evil? Oh, that's the, that question. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he, he was baiting me because he had an experience just recently mm-hmm. where that's what he believed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, and my response immediately, I didn't even have to think about it. My response immediately was no, people are inherently good. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I've seen evil, I've seen bad things happen. And, um, I think that when you're in the moment though, no one's trying to do anything bad. Right. When you're in the moment, you're just trying to understand, you're trying to breathe. You're not taking your past experiences and bringing it to there, right. To the, the, that moment, you're not looking into the future and bringing it to the moment. You're just exploring that moment and what it is and what that sensation is. And it's hard to do. I'm not saying, right. This is simple. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that a question of, you know, do you think people, I think people are inherently good. Uh, and then I had this conversation deeper with other people uh, i'll ask you what your thoughts are potentially if you want to get into that but i uh people uh, a few of my other friends were like people are opportunistic mm. and i don't think it's evil um and i think opportunistic i think people can be opportunistic uh but yeah i think people are inherently good i think no one does something and even if you look at and I use this as an example, and I don't know if I can explain it well enough, but even when you look at like the mafia, um, like the Italian mafia, like back East, mm-hmm. like when, when it was a big deal, yeah, they were killing people and they were running drugs and, you know, they were running rackets to, to, to do their business, but, and I'm not justifying their actions in what I'm about to say, but what they thought they were doing, they thought they were doing good for their community and their mm-hmm. people. Right. It was never malicious. It was never intended to be malicious. And they killed people because they went against what they thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
yeah, I think, and I do think that there's inherently bad people out there, right, who are just going to do. But I think that's the exception. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the majority of people are inherently good. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, you know my dharma from last. If you didn't listen to yeah. last episode, my dharma is to see the mm-hmm. best in people, and so mm-hmm. I think that in itself just kind of sets me into. I, I believe that people are inherently good, and even the ones that you said, small percentage are inherently bad. I don't. I don't believe inherently. I don't mm-hmm. believe the T, the big T truth mm-hmm. of all of us is 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 that peace, yeah. is that oneness. And it's when we lose that, when we get distracted from it, when we forget about it, um, when we get so absorbed in the unreality is when people do bad things to other people. Yep. Um, when we act out of alignment with the big T truth. Because mm-hmm. for me, the big T truth is, is that oneness is the source, is peace. And yep. that's always, that's the only thing in us that's permanent. Yeah. Everything else is impermanent. Our body, Absolutely. my body looks different mm-hmm. than it did 20 years ago, and it's not going to be here a hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. So why am I so deeply attached to my experience in this body as real? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See, absolutely. <laughs> <I'm there>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I, and, and then we can use that idea in a powerful way. And the powerful mm-hmm. way is that we, what we're experiencing is not is an unreality when we're not in mm-hmm. tune, you know, when we're not connected to the big T truth or breath or prana or like life force energy. But mm-hmm. that means we can also, since everything we're experiencing from the mind is an unreality, but we see it as our reality, we have the power to create our reality. Absolutely. So what is the reality you want to create? Yep. Do you want to see the world as inherently bad? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's what you will experience in your life. For sure. If you want to believe that, you will see people as inherently bad and you will experience that. Yep. But if I get to see the best in people, it's fascinating how incredible everyone in my life is. Yeah. Yeah. I create, you know, and it's uh, it's an unreality, but I what I be- like my mind believes to be a reality is pretty incredible because of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And I, I just had this thought recently of if you could bring out the best in someone, mm-hmm. what would you do? How would you do it? And like, that's how we should operate is, okay, let's say they are bad. So what? Mm-hmm. If you could go, if you could, if you could be the person that brings out the best in that person, mm-hmm. what would you do? How would you change your, your daily actions? How would you change your actions that you that you do daily you know go do that mm-hmm. right if again to your point if you if you see whatever you see is going to exist right whatever you you believe to be true is going to be true mm-hmm. it's fascinating it's such mm-hmm. a i mean i said this very like tangible lame example is like you buy a white car and all of a sudden you see all the white or we'll say an orange car Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you see all the orange cars right right yeah yeah or what do you bring into your world yeah you interview for a job interview for a job you start seeing whatever that thing is Mm -hmm. yeah in my in my job i i I 
partner in my corporate job. I partner with a, a major retailer. Mm-hmm. When I was interviewing for it, I started seeing their trucks everywhere. I never noticed these trucks before. And yeah, all of a sudden they just started popping up everywhere. They were there before. And that's the yoga and that, like they mm-hmm. say, energy flows where attention goes. Yeah. And what, what I love about with Amrit, they're like with enough practice, attention starts to follow energy. Mm. Attention starts to follow life force. Mm. That's beautiful. It's, it's just, yeah. Focusing on that in a yoga practice of just fully seeing right that attention Mm -hmm. to energy and then soon the energy captures you that's awesome that's a great spot to end oh journal prompt journal prompt it's on you today i know (laughs) grab Grab your grab grab your 10 journals grab your 10 journals let me get (laughs) this is the journal for podcasting well here is an example why i have 10 journals i'm like taking different modules right now Mm -hmm. and i decided i'm putting them all together but Mm -hmm. i have so i like have like five pages in with one module and then all of a sudden it's getting cut off by the ayurveda and i'm like why am i it's going to be so confusing i should have just done a separate journal for this That's fine. My my journal is all over the place. Like for sure. Like it goes like I'll have like podcasts, like thoughts and notes, and then like I go to like my gratitude list, and then like something else. Oh yeah, it's totally all over the place. But grab whatever journal is working for you right now. And what is your big T true? What mm. does that mean to you? And maybe you don't have one, and that's okay as well. But when you hear that word, big T truth, what comes up for you? And maybe think of, let's see, maybe a person who in the past you've disagreed with or seen them as the anti whatever you believe. And can you write a few things about that person that you deeply connect with them? And then write anything else that came up throughout this episode. Maybe you can talk about how hippie it was. And whatever reactions you have to maybe things that we said that like gave you a little or some type of sensation arise. I'm Mm going to invite you to write what the sensation was just as it was versus the story that you put around it. Um, And you can do that practice. Too. If you had a few experiences this last week that gave you a trigger, mm-hmm. I want you to think about them. And then I just want you to write sensations disregarding the story. So journal, journal, That's journal. Perfect. I Get love it, it all out. That's perfect. And maybe even write how, right, when you start, it's funny when you start analyzing your big T truths, oftentimes we start to realize that they're not big T truths and maybe just write maybe you start seeing right like when we because your journal is very private and no one no one gets to read your journal unless you let them Mm -hmm. right and and maybe this is the start of you understanding that your big t truths are maybe part of the issue Mm -hmm. they're not bad or good quit passing judgment like quit that shit yeah like stop passing judgment quit saying bad or good i say this in yoga classes all the time like it's you Oh, one hip is tighter than the other. Oh, that's bad. No, it's not. It's just that's just your body. That's just what it mm-hmm. is. 
what is. Right. Yeah, it's just what is. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, again, we go, we talked about our biases and all that's just what is like quit passing judgment, quit saying bad or good, right? Quit. If you're a, if you're a liberal and you're like, I really want to go hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, but I can't because I'm a liberal, you know, maybe that, maybe that's your big T truth that, that is now your little teacher. Then maybe you're, you'll start opening yourselves up to have that conversation. It might be a year down the road. Maybe you're not ready to announce it to the world yet and that's okay. But that's the point of this journal. Free yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest will follow. Yes. Who was that? Was that a... Um, Who was that? In Vogue? Yeah. In Vogue? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was In Vogue, maybe. We should uh, cue the song. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't put it on. We can't put it on the podcast. Well, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, awesome, Brie. It oh my was gosh, a pleasure. Was so amazing. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I always love chatting with you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Until right. next Talk time. Talk to you soon. If you want to follow us and our adventures, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Brie Allison. That's B R E A L L I S O N. And I am at the life of Alan Titone, underscores between each word. To check out our offerings, yoga, one-on-one trainings, workshops, retreats, and a recorded library, you can find the info on our website, thehunterandthehippie.com. If you have questions for the podcast, about the podcast, feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hi, or find ways to work with us, our email is thehunterandthehippiepodcast at gmail.com. And don't worry, all of this will be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you weren't tuned out. (laughs) To the Hunter and the Hippie podcast.